city parks, public schools, and local meeting rooms. Next, they took away their city, county, and United Way funding to mentor kids without fathers. They started calling them names like discriminatory and bigoted. Why? Because the Boy Scouts didn't think it was in the best interest of young boys to let self-proclaimed homosexuals become scout leaders and go camping with them. The whole idea makes about as much sense as letting middle-aged men go camping with teenage girls. Sometime later, I had a conversation with a local representative of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, which helps organize Christian clubs on college and university campuses. I was talking to her about the importance of speaking out on moral issues when she said something I'd heard hundreds of times. Janet, we don't get involved in social issues. Our focus is evangelism. I agreed that evangelism is the most important thing, but then I made a prediction. I hope I'm wrong, I told her, but I don't think I am. I predict that if you don't get involved with the issues in our culture, you will lose your right to evangelize. Less than a year later, Tufts University told InterVarsity Christian Fellowship that they were not permitted to meet on campus because they wouldn't allow homosexuals on their board of directors. By the way, pro-abortion groups don't let pro-lifers on their boards either, but they get to stay on campus. The campus crusade against Christ has since intensified, and the anti-discrimination policies are trumping religious freedom on campuses across the country. In 2002, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, attacked InterVarsity Christian Fellowship in the same way. As I write this, UNC has just revoked the charter of a Christian fraternity, Alpha Iota Omega, because they want the people who join to actually agree with the religious beliefs upon which the fraternity was founded. Threats to our freedoms are all around, but I believe there is one issue liberals are going to use to silence the churches. It's not the looming threat of losing their precious 501c3 tax-exempt status that has kept churches quiet on the critical moral issues like abortion. It's not all the nasty letters and threats about those dangerous nativity scenes. The greatest threat to our freedoms comes from the homosexual agenda. The Coming Persecution Since the Bible says that persecution is coming anyway, some of you are of the opinion that we should just take it lying down. I've got news for you. It's already here. In China, government agents can beat, imprison, or kill you for the crime of being a Christian. Christians in Sudan are being sold into slavery or killed. Muslims have wiped out entire villages in Indonesia and gunned down Christians in Iraq, Iran, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt, just to name a few. In 2004, missionaries were burned alive by a Hindu mob in India, and that's only the beginning. According to the Freedom House, which tracks persecution worldwide, about 160,000 Christians are killed every year for their faith. I don't believe we have to take this lying down, especially when we still have the freedom to do something about it. I will undergo persecution if that's my only choice, but right now it's not. Paul appealed to Caesar because of his Roman citizenship, and we can do the same. We are Americans, endowed by our Creator with inalienable rights. We have freedom of religion, not freedom from it. By the way, if this book is being translated and or smuggled into other countries, like Canada, those freedoms apply to you too, no matter what your government says. More on that later. I know that the Bible says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Matthew 5.11 when persecution happens, we'll know we're on the right track. But that doesn't mean we have to usher it in. I will fight it with my last breath. But if it comes full scale, despite our prayers and best efforts, someone remind me to read that verse again, will you? I know what many of you are thinking. Who cares what the world does? As long as we can still do whatever we want in our churches, we'll be just fine. 
Our kids are in Christian schools. We listen to Christian radio, read Christian publications, go to church twice a week. All good things to do. But we've effectively withdrawn from society and built ourselves a nice little subculture that some have referred to as the Christian ghetto. So much for being salt and light in a dark and decaying world. Christians are the only group still left in the closet. We'll just hold out in our holy bunkers until Jesus comes. I've heard it a million times. Read the book, Janet. It's going to get worse. Let them do whatever they want in the world. We are not of the world. We're still free to speak whatever we want in our church. Really? Thou shalt not quote the Bible. I was prepared to make another prediction in this book that many of you wouldn't have believed. I had written it down as an unbelievable, outrageous possibility. I was going to say that if we remain silent in this battle, pastors will go to jail for speaking about homosexuality from their own pulpits in their own churches. But before I could finish the first chapter, it had already happened. A Swedish court has sentenced a pastor belonging to the Pentecostal movement in Sweden, Åke Green, to a month in prison under a law against incitement after he was found guilty of having offended homosexuals in a sermon. Soren Andersson, the president of the Swedish Federation for Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Rights, said on hearing the sentence that religious freedom could never be used as a reason to offend people. Therefore, he told journalists, I cannot regard the sentence as an act of interference with freedom of religion. Pastor Green is in his 70s. The prosecutor appealed the court decision, demanding that the pastor be sentenced to six months imprisonment. When a reporter asked, what about the pastor's rights? The prosecutor replied, when he started reading Bible verses about homosexuality, he crossed the line. On July 13, 2004, Swedish Ambassador Cecilia Julin defended the sentence by saying, Swedish law states that public addresses cannot be used to instigate hatred towards a certain group. The ruling party of the Central European nation of Slovakia has protested Pastor Green's prison sentence. According to the Slovak Spectator, Slovakian Interior Minister Vladimir Palko, who voiced the protest, said at a press conference that Sweden's actions were an example of how left-wing liberal ideology was trying to introduce tyranny and misuse the European Union to silence freedom of expression. He added, in Europe, people are starting to be jailed for saying what they think. Prison sentences for pastors who offend homosexuals in a sermon could have been worse. Sweden's law bans all speech and materials opposing homosexual behavior and other alternative lifestyles and calls for up to four years in jail for violating it. That will be next. The Anglican Bishop of Chester, England, Reverend Dr. Peter Forster, was under police investigation for saying some people who are primarily homosexual can reorientate themselves. I would encourage them to consider that as an option. Police turned his case over for prosecution. I wonder what would have happened if an ex-homosexual had spoken about his life. Probably would have been arrested on the spot. If Reverend Forster can't talk about reorientation, I'm sure an ex-homosexual wouldn't even be allowed to exist. What's the next step? Declare the Bible as hate literature and censor its contents? It's already been done. Hugh Owens of Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada, took out an ad in response to all he was forced to observe during Homosexual Pride Week. Homosexuals had expressed their views in the streets. Surely he could express his in a small newspaper ad. Forget about his views. He was just going to list some verses that express God's view on the matter. Radical, huh? The ad listed four scripture verses. Romans 1, Leviticus 18.22, Leviticus 20.13, and 1 Corinthians 6.9-10. 
next to an equal sign and a drawing depicting two men holding hands. Superimposed on the line drawing was the universal red circle with a line through it, effectively summarizing the scripture listed. For that crime, Owens was fined $4,500. The newspaper was also fined. Now merely listing Bible verses is a hate crime. Owens was fined by the Court of Queen's Bench in Saskatchewan, which upheld a 2001 ruling by the province's Human Rights Tribunal. The tribunal had said, The slash figures alone were not enough to communicate the hatred, but the addition of Bible references are more dangerous. The bench said that the tribunal was correct in concluding that the advertisement can objectively be seen as exposing homosexuals to hatred or ridicule. Incidentally, Owen's fine was broken into three parts, 1,500 Canadian for each of the three homosexual men who filed the complaint. Wow, if there's money in filing complaints, imagine the incentive for going after Christians who refuse to embrace, celebrate, and further the homosexual agenda. Thou shalt not tell the truth on radio or video. Canada's Charter of Rights and Freedoms has a broad anti-discrimination provision that is interpreted to prohibit discrimination against sexual orientation. This provision has been used to silence religious organizations and pastors. Canada's Broadcast Standards Council rebuked Dr. Laura Schlesinger, an Orthodox Jew, for making a speech she made on homosexuality, and stations were forced to make an announcement of the council's ruling before the show was aired. In America, her television show was canceled over the same issue. Dr. Jerry Falwell's Old Time Gospel Hour and Dr. James Dobson's Focus on the Family must now edit their Canadian programs to remove anything that might be deemed critical of homosexuality, including Bible verses on the subject, and information like the fact that according to the Centers for Disease Control, the majority...